1: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law welcome back sports to the max
0: there's a text that i have i remember this but i don't remember the answer to the question hey max you was the player that forgot their jersey and they had to drive the number in with a magic marker uh that was when we were talking about everybody brought their own uniforms right i remember this scenario and i don't recall the outcome do you I mean, it makes some sense. I, I think they had to go to a local store and buy a blank jersey of that team, and the, and then figure out a way to put the number on it because that was the only, uh, you know, it was the only thing. Hey, the only thing you got to remember is to bring your uniform. Oops.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm Are gonna, you blanking uh, on that? Yeah, I, I am. Um, and it was it was MLB, right? Yeah, MLB. That's, a, MLB. that's what I thought.
0: Yeah. I mean, if anybody knows the answer, they can text us or call six five one four six one nine two two six. Six, five, one, four, six, one, nine, two, two, six rings. Bell. Byron Buxton struck out swinging his uh, first at bat in the all-star game tonight. Uh, it looked a lot like Byron Buxton. I mean, he takes a good healthy cut, and sometimes he hits it hard and drives the ball, and he can drive it to all parts of the field because he's so – if you want to know if a guy can hit, uh, you know, Kirby Puckett, people think about him as, you know, uh, a great hitter, won a batting title, all those things. Um, and you might, you know, maybe think about the home runs after he developed his power, all those things. But the thing I remember the most about Puckett – was how hard he could hit a ball to the gaps, especially to right center field. And if you can hit the high pitch hard, you have to have tremendous upper body strength. To really drive the ball the other way hard when the pitch is above your belt, you got to have tremendous upper body strength. And obviously he had that, Um I mean he had it in, in, in droves, he, he, the way he was built and everything else. And, and that's the thing that I remember about his defining offensively was how hard he hit the ball uh, to right center field uh, because he could generate such bat speed because he was so strong uh, in that upper trunk and not, not many people can do it. I got an answer that says that was Lou Whitaker. I don't know if that's correct or not. Lou Whitaker played uh, for the Detroit Tigers.
3: Oh, he was part of that great middle infield with uh, Alan Trammell.
0: Yeah, Trammell and Whitaker yeah. and Jack Morris on the mound, and you got something special, right? Parrish catching and Chet Lemon in center field. Uh, Kirk Gibson out in left field. Darryl Evans at third base. I wonder how many more I can get from that team. Uh, Whitaker was a great fixture there. Uh, I don't know that as fact. It's just that that's what somebody texted in. He also makes a cameo appearance, interestingly enough, on the original Magnum P.I., uh, the real Magnum PI, the one that was there before the the recent one, uh, the one that started it all. There, there is a, because uh, uh, Thomas Magnum, uh, Tom Selleck, I uh, was a huge Tiger fan in that. And, and, and there's a, there's a piece there uh, where he and Alan Trammell are uh, uh, at a uh, Tom Magnum is, is back home in Detroit and runs into him and they give him a couple of tickets. He doesn't realize who it is. And Jack Morris was supposed to be in that episode. And uh, he just said it was the off season. And I just said, no, thanks. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. But, Jack, you could have been a Magnum PI, and you kind of look like Magnum. You know?
3: I, I was going to say, you you put Jack Morris that big, that mustache strong right mustache, to yeah.
0: Selleck?
3: yeah, and, uh, and,
0: and, and Tom Selleck always wore that tiger hat. You'd swear he was trying to emulate see, Morris. See, uh, I,
3: I feel if, if, if Tom Selleck ever needed a stunt double, yeah, exactly. it would have been Jack Morris. Yep, the, yeah. the big cactus Jack, you know. Yeah, and I did see the uh, here, Maxie, with uh, Lou Whitaker. Yeah. yeah, it was the 1985 All-Star Game, ironically enough. In, in Minnesota. In Minneapolis, yeah. At, at the, the dome. Uh, at, at the Dome, yep. Yeah, so... Uh, and so he, what they, what, where did they find him? A,
0: jer- a Tiger jersey, I wonder. Yeah, I, I don't... It just said that... Uh, Some kind of a fan, maybe they were selling them everywhere, and he just grabbed one off the rack, huh? Yeah, he just yeah just said that he he uh, forgot it. Um, Wouldn't you know the day before,
3: though, and you could get it flown in or something? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how you would have been able to get anything... There, where would they have gotten a attack because as far as I know yeah, like, they're, they're like, they're,
0: now you can get things just about anywhere you know but, yeah, but, but back I, then it was few and far between now maybe at an all star game uh maybe they had you know jerseys for you know more teams because you know they brought vendors in just because of the nature of the game mm-hmm. but back in the day and and i and I go back a ways with this uh maybe if there's somebody else out here that remembers what I'm about to say uh text us six five one four six one nine two two six you couldn't find jerseys or posters hardly anywhere except there was a place called Pro Central. And Pro Central was located off of 494 and Penn Avenue. Uh, there's a strip mall over there, not far away. The strip mall is still there. But Pro Central was the only place that I know, and, and, unless you went to Met Stadium, that you could go in and find posters of players, um, memorabilia to an extent, and jerseys for that team. And it was in Bloomington, and I remember as a kid walking in there once and thinking I had died and gone to heaven. Uh, You could get a poster of Fran Tarkington or Chuck Foreman or somebody like that you could get a jersey of, and that was the only place that you could Mm. get them. And I don't know if it was because they're in the infancy stages of understanding what they had. And so, therefore, you know, the NFL might not have known. Hey, man, we can we can sell these at the airport. We can sell them anywhere.
1: Yeah, I'm but, sure. But Pro I'm
0: Central sure. was the place that you would go to get those, and they would have these. You'd look at these uh, almost like pieces of art would be posters, and you didn't know who was coming next. Mm-hmm. As you'd move the you know the board, and and, and you know, I, I got a friend tarkin to a poster. I remember there because he was my guy. You know, and and. uh and you could get others, you know, the high profile names, but Pro Central was the only place that I recalled that had that. If anybody else remembers that, 651-461, uh, 9226, but it was a, yeah, it was a stop, man. When you went there, it was like there was no place like it. Now, uh, you can go to Shields, you can go to Macy's, you can mm-hmm. go to Target, you can go to Walmart.
3: Everybody's going to have a section of your hometown team, correct? Yeah. And, it doesn't matter like where yet because there are so many things that are now licensed. Like you get so many different, but it's like, there's a different quality of license. Like you get a different quality of, you know, something at Shields or Dix than you would from going to the official MLB shop or, you know, going to a, a Walmart or a target or, you know, Costco, wherever. Um, I was just looking at the Lou Whitaker thing here too. And it wasn't just the, because he forgot everything. like, Apparently, uh, Burt Blylevin let Whitaker wear his helmet, his batting helmet. Really? Cal Ripken had an extra glove. Uh, Damaso Garcia, the Blue Jays, gave him some batting gloves. Uh, a clubhouse attendant bought an adjustable Tiger cap and a jersey from a souvenir stand at the Metrodome. Now, this was a generic Tigers jersey. So now you still needed the number. There was no number. So well, a clubhouse uh, attendant took a black marker and wrote in the number one on the back using a stencil so wow you better be accurate with that one huh it's on the internet so uh it's it's got to be true so so in essence he must have just left tiger stadium
0: either that or somebody was supposed to ship it he forgot he forgot his bag yeah he He just flat out forgot his bag
3: yeah he said he flat out i he he forgot his bag huh well yeah i mean
0: that can happen right but but you just think it'd be so easy uh, let's see, Steichen Sporting Goods in Roseville was the sports shop in the East Metro. Yes, it was. Oh, Steichen's. Ste- Ted, oh. Ted Steichen, uh, he calls me every once in a while and he owned that place. And when I was in college, uh, we at Hamlin, uh, we decided we wanted some nicer baseball jackets than what they, they offered the, the generic baseball mm-hmm. jacket, which was none special. So we went to Steichen's and I helped design the baseball jacket and we, and we, and we took the Hamlin and script. Really? H A M, uh, and then L I N E on the other side of the okay. button down. Yeah. And then dotted the eye with a baseball.
3: Oh, nice. And then
0: put our number on the, you know, the side down by the wrist. I've still got the jacket. Okay. Uh, but, but we designed it at Steikens with them and, uh, and they, boy, I tell you what, those are black jackets with the red and the gray, those were something to be seen. And, oh, man. And You could do that with Steikens because they were kind of central headquarters. Oh, yeah. Uh, for
3: all of the, you know, everybody in the East Metro, if you needed something, you went to you went Steikens. To Steikens. It yeah. Was, yeah. It was like, I didn't even grow up in this area, but I mean, when I moved to the cities, like, I knew about Steikens. Like, yeah. you knew, because I lived in Little Canada.
0: So oh, yeah. Me, you're right
3: in the backyard. Right, yeah. So, yeah. I, I was over there. And oh yeah, the the styke and that's what's amazing about a lot of these places that used to have like the the like the jerseys and everything. I mean it was a it was a huge thing when you're a kid to go into a store And you could see your... Because it didn't happen often. No, it did not. And these were like specialty stores. Yes. It was like an exclusive. You went to this place. You couldn't walk into your your regular Walmart or Target or Kohl's or whatever and be like, hey, I'm going to go over to the... The children's section, and I'm going to see what they have for the Wild or the Twins. I mean, you didn't have that. You had one place to go. You're right. And that was where you had yeah, all for, of your – For us,
0: prep- it, it, this may resonate with you a little bit. Nicholson's in uh, New Orleans, mm-hmm. which is still in business. That's where you went before the okay. season to get your new football shoes your whatever it was you needed, you know, your batting gloves, whatever. It was Nicholson's is still in business. Um, I think it's the people from Gaylord, in fact, that own it now. But but that was where you went, and that was a big deal before the season. You'd get your new football shoes or baseball shoes there, and that was the place. And then they'd carry duffel bags with logos of each of the high schools in the area. So you could get a duffel bag. You know, They carried enough in stock that said you know Gaylord Spartans in purple and gold when you went there. So, uh, yeah, that was some fun stuff back in the day. Now, I still haven't gotten to the point um, in this conversation. This happened to me today, tonight, when I came in here. And it's one of those things that just it, it leaves you so conflicted and disappointed that you don't know how to feel. And it happened to me again the night when I came in here. Let's take a break. I'll digest it and share it with you when we come back. All right, we touched a nerve here. Here's one that says, I had every NHL team pennant in my bedroom. Thanks to Pro Central. Thanks for bringing it up, Mike. Yeah, those are good memories for those of us that grew up uh, in that area. And I was talking about Nicholson's and and did it close out or not. Let, let, let's go to Lance. Uh, Lance, you're, you're from there. You, you said Nicholson's closed down? Yeah, they sure did, Mike. That was, I want to say it was sometime over the winter. But really? That recently, I, huh? Yeah, I'm calling from Mankato, but my kids went to school at Minnesota Valley Lutheran. Kind yeah. Of between here and Cortland? Yep. Or near Cortland? Yep. And we got the girls' letter jackets there and yeah, not and track shoes and things. And unfortunately, yeah, they closed the doors. So, so probably just big business did them in or what? That's a really good question. I don't even know where to buy letter jackets anymore. Um, yeah, I don't know the kids even wear them anymore. Yeah, they, you used to see them out and about. You, think about it, folks. You don't see many letterman jackets anymore. Yeah, out here in rural Minnesota, the kids still wear them. Do I they? Think. They sure do, yeah. yeah. They're proud of their schools.
3: Yeah, I just... I, they are right, everywhere, but...
0: I, I can smell it when I think about going to Nicholson's, you know, when because it was a treat to go there. And 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 uh, you know, get a new glove or something like that, and I can smell the leather and the you know the shoes and everything else that went with it, or you know the baseball pants that you'd look at, etc. And of course, they made most of their money uh, not from us walking in retail, but they, they'd sell uniforms at, uh, to the teams, etc. And I think that was the, kind of the bread and butter. So I don't know if you get out priced in that in this market or not, but yeah, I mean they were there. I, I believe that the original owner, last name Nicholson, was like a really good baseball player that came to New and played, if I'm not mistaken, back in the '50s, and it had a long shelf life. Part Pardon the pun, is I understand it, Lance. There's a lot of those uh, good baseball players from the New Alm area, isn't yeah. there? Yeah, a lot of them, yep. yeah. Well, thank you for yeah, your call and well, letting fact, us know. Yeah, sure thing, Maxie. You bet, Lance, nice enough to call us. Um, so th- this is what got me tonight, okay? And I and I try not to be, you know. I I, I don't think I'm a high-maintenance diva, you know, radio guy that comes in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my God!
3: Sorry, my mic was
0: off. <laughs> sorry, Maxie. <laughs> now it's off.
3: <laughs> but,
0: I, but I came in. I, I came in today, and 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 I'm sitting now. Now I wasn't particularly hungry when I got here, right? I, I ate. I ate enough of a meal at about five fifteen that I was okay. Right, so so it wasn't like I came in here craving anything, but I went back to what would be considered kind of our break room. There's an area. There's not really a break room. It's 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 a faucet with a a microwave and a, and a coffee machine and a refrigerator. Okay.
3: So oh, you're talking about
0: here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get. It. Can you call that a break room? And the empty talk. donut box. This is what I'm getting at. Okay. Okay. So I was not hungry for a donut. Uh-huh. I wasn't like I craved a donut. Yeah, but from time to time here at this radio station, people will send food over, and and it's good food, you usually fresh food, because they're trying to promote something. And I came around the corner, and there was this box. Right <laughs> now, now, the first thing you do when you're at a radio station, right? Is, if you look at that box and you say, "That looks like a fairly new box," right? Isn't that what you think right away? Yes. You go. That looks like a fairly new box. Yes. So I'm going to guess the donuts came. You know, at, at, maybe this morning or this afternoon. Mm-hmm but it's got fresh written all over it, right? This isn't an old box. This isn't something that, you know, um, you can just tell because you learn to develop that sixth sense when you're in the radio game, right? Yeah. And so there it was, and I forget the name of it, but the packaging was outstanding and pristine. And so just in those three seconds, those steps that I took towards the box, I'm thinking chocolate donut, uh, raspberry Bismarck, Mm-hmm. Uh, figure eight jelly roll I mean all kinds of great thoughts are going through my mind even though I didn't come over here craving a donut or a pastry but you now, saw it and now you now want now I see there's the box and because we're short sta- and we're not short staffed over here there's not that many people coming to the office to work anymore that's another thing that you factor in and you say, well, because of that, there's always going to be ample food, right? You would think, yes. Yeah, because there's not as many people and they probably send too many and it probably happens most there's of the time. There's going to be some left over. So there's going to yes. be some left over yes. because, I mean, yes. I don't think Tom Mooney was in the day because he'd take him to go, right? <laughs> if you know, But I don't think the moon yeah. man was in the day. I did he, not he see from home. Obviously, you have to factor that in as well. And so I thought, Mooney's off today or he's working from home. Uh, therefore, he's not going to take the Eau Claire, you know, some of that stuff, the Eclairs home, all that stuff. So now I am really excited mm-hmm. to open this box and see what unveils itself to me and, and, and what particular pastry I may partake in. And, and I opened the box and, and not only was, was there no pastries, but there was just, just a dash of frosting in the corner. Mm. Which was almost worse. It's a tease. It's a tease. It's it was tantalizing. It. And now, do I take my finger and at least have that little piece of
3: frosting? Uh, or, or it's or like I, that attractive I, girl at the bar that you know you yep. can never date, but she's pretty to look at. And there's nothing you can do about it. That was that was the donut. You just
0: got to go home, you know. But but I wasn't hungry for a donut until I saw that box. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that box, I said, "Oh, this is this is because I, I'm going to have my coffee." Mm-hmm. I'm gonna heat that up. We got a little coffee maker there that Francie Kennedy put in years ago. Yep. And so I'm gonna make a fresh cup and then and then I have the pastry to go with it. I was so disappointed when I opened that box.
3: And there was no donuts. No donuts. Not 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 anything. Can I tell you what when I got here? Yeah. There was one donut. Was. 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 What kind? Just tell me. It was uh raspberry filling. No, not raspberry. with sugar. With sugar, yes. Oh, I gotta it, it, what, really no, really no, no. I got to tell you what, though. No, no, no. I, I got something that tops it. it, it well, maybe not tops it. It was like uh, maybe a month ago. So we got some, and it's kind of along the same lines. Somebody brought in a lot of pasta. You know, they had like two different types of pastas. You had some, you know, some spaghetti sauce. You had some some garlic bread. You had yeah. like everything was there. Yeah. It was in there for a couple of days. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, starting to nibble at it here and there. Yeah. And by the way, after a couple of days, it's like, hey, this is anybody's game, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to sit here. It's a little bit left. Twins are on. All I have to do is monitor, do a little bit of work. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go. I knew that there wasn't, I knew it was going to be here. So I didn't eat all day. Yep. Because it had been here. Yeah, because it's not going anywhere. And obviously people had passed on it, right? Yeah. Carter was here. DJ was here. Laura was here. That was it. Okay. 5.45. Look. Cool. Everything's there. Get set up. 6 o'clock. I go in there. No food. Cleaned out. In 15 minutes? In 15 minutes. Somebody took it. Somebody took all that food. Who do you think? I don't know. Everybody's like, no, I didn't take it. Oh, yeah. Carter, come on. I, I, Adam jumps to the top of the well, list. Well, it, it wasn't Grundhofer's, so I'm not sure he would have eaten Yeah, but it might have been Grundhoffer's chicken sausage <laughs> in there was, or something. You I don't know. know. But, I, but I was just like, you got to be kidding me. And I mean, he, that's he, the other You know division. what sucks about it when you're in radio? Is
0: once you played that card mm-hmm. and now it's not there, mm-hmm. it's not like you could just leave your post and go sit down at Perkins and have something to eat. No. You're screwed. Yeah. Absolutely. I it, I remember one a couple times being screwed like that, and I was starving. You know, for whatever reason, I got in here and I what and and I'd order from Dan Kelly's, and I'd sprint down during the
3: news because Dan Kelly's right down. Sure, below. right down. Yes, yeah, I think it's on Broadway's now, but yeah,
0: yeah. And and I'd get that, I'd get whatever it was that you know, and and, and bring it back up, and you know, I I just devour that thing like in two minutes, mm-hmm. and and I, because that was the only option you had. Yeah. And and there's nothing I hate worse than starving. You know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah.
0: It was just like so, so frustrating.
3: Yeah.
2: So, so
0: so frustrating. More on that. Did Buxton just hit a home run? He did. Three run shot. come on. There you go. I think it was a solo because I think it was back to back.
3: Oh, was it? Well, but the point is he just hit a home run. Doesn't matter. That's your, that's your AL MVP right there. That's your game MVP right there. Byron Buxton. Wow. All right. More to come
0: on this show. Bill McGuire will join us. The uh, owner of the Minnesota United Loons as they prepare for another game tomorrow night and the end of the season charge for them. The season goes a long time, so it's not the end of the season. Uh, but, you know, it's getting there. you set to position yourself for playoffs. When we come back, stay with us. Welcome back. Sports to the Max. News Talk 830 WCCO. Byron Buxton is homework for the American League team to put them in front three to two. In the Midsummer Classic in Los Angeles, so there you go—a strikeout and a home run for Buxton. Uh, joining us now in the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, Bill McGuire, owner of the Minnesota United uh, and Beyond, and uh, they've got a game tomorrow, and they've got—they've uh, got a lot going on with an All-Star game and everything else uh, straight ahead. Bill, thank you for joining us.
2: Yeah, uh, thanks, Maxie. Jordan being with you.
0: You guys started scoring some goals here in the last few weeks.
2: <laughs> Yeah, you know, they're they're coming together better. Uh, guys are picking it up and learning each other's play. And, you know, it's it's coming along. There's talent there. It's just got to put it together. So it's been good.
0: Like, like when you talk to Adrian about the team, what kind of questions do you ask? And is he able to, you know, he, he's been doing this a long time. Is, is he able to, like, like I'd say, okay, Adrian, why aren't you scoring more goals a month ago? Well, what would he say to you if he asked that question? Is it a technical <laughs> answer or is it a, hey, we just need more time together? What is it?
2: Ah, uh, yeah, you, you know, I, depending on the moment, it's all of those. Yeah, I would ask the same kind of questions. Why don't we get more goals? How do we miss that? Why don't we get one there? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I think he brings the element of of both understanding the game and you know just the experience of of being around. You know, things change so much in soccer, the nature of the game. You you don't get a goal that you have a chance to get, and then it changes. What happens after that? um, You know, he's always saying, you know, goals change games and they change the style, and um, it's it's just impossible to predict. It seems, Um, but you know, clearly when they when the guys are syncing together and and playing off each other, then then you get better results.
0: And Reynoso is Reynoso. I mean, he needs to be an offensive factor, and he has been of late.
2: Yeah, he you know he's a spectacular talent. Everybody recognizes that, and. He's, you know, he's not always um, looking for the goal sometimes. You know, he enjoys helping other people get the goal and passing. And I think a lot of us just say, go on, take a few, put it in there. And,
0: yeah. you know,
2: when he does, he, he can be spectacular. And he has certainly been spectacular the last several weeks.
0: And now, I have heard this a couple of times from people that went over to Allianz Stadium this year for the first time. And they went over there with, with real modest expectations as to, you know, what they were going to see in the experience because they weren't huge soccer fans. Obviously, if it took them this long to get Dalions, uh, you know, they, they weren't season ticket holders or anything else. And I heard it twice from people when they said, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe the atmosphere, and I couldn't believe the experience and I couldn't believe how big and green the field is in general, when somebody comes over there, and obviously not I'm not talking about April when it's fifteen degrees, but if you if you go over there in the summer, what are you hearing from fans that have not partaken yet the first time that they experience it? you know particularly maybe soccer's not their number one sport and 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 they haven't really seen the m l s yeah, uh, in in a venue like that, what what kind of feedback have you been getting? Is it consistent with what I just said?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it it really is a wonderful stadium. It's you know built for we talked about before, built for soccer, built for the fans. So it it creates a great environment. It provides a great environment, and then the people, the fans that are there, take the place over and make it what it is. And and you know, you combine the play and, you know, great summer and spring and fall days in Minnesota. And, you know, you get out on that very, very green grass and you see those guys with talent and then the fans are engaged in it and they're all active and it's it's just a great experience. You know, you, you get absorbed in it.
0: When you meet as a staff, obviously you build a stadium. And, you know you got to have some. What was it that you wanted to create from the time that they pull up and see the stadium? You know people don't realize. You know there's a science to this. It's not just build a nice building, make the grass green. Uh, there, there's the smell of the food, the ambiance, the music you choose to play, uh, the jumbotron, all those things. When you when you would meet as a staff and say we we need these people that come here for the first time to want to come back what would those conversations be like after that? What would what would a staff conversation be like to make sure you procured an interest in that fan?
2: Well, obviously, you know, you're building a lot on experience, for instance, to the architects. And, and so it starts with what's your design concept? What are you trying to feel? You want to look at it and have it sort of speak back and say, wow, that's a, you know, that's, interesting that's a special place it's it's beautiful it's got some nice features and then that drags you in and of course then when you get in there you know you want the visual aspects like that first view of looking into the grass and and of course it's sunk so that brings people in and then you have the amenities and the layout and the sound is held in because the way the the uh, roof lines are designed to hold it back and um it's one thing leading to another, but it's really about creating the environment that works for the fan, so they actually get to immerse themselves in the game and get to experience all the the things about the game and be one with the team so that's the the big thing and it's it's got all the elements you talked about so I think it's a it's a combination of you know architects um, uh, a desire to really have it be everything it, it could be, and doing a little extra, great amenities, food, thinking about how that all lays out, and and trying to fit it into a finite space. You know, it's not the, it's not a huge, huge stadium, but
0: no, that's why uh, right. I think I think that's one of the things people the like about it. It's cozy, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's very very intimate. You know, it's an elegant. Um, but it just feels good, and it feels right, and it and it says soccer. You know, it's made for right. the
0: sport. It's, it's, it's made for that sport and in particular,
2: and that's a big part. I mean, yep,
0: you are you are in the United's house, else. right? Yep, Yep,
2: that's it.
0: Okay, so, so it, when we talk about winning, the, 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 if if you didn't have all that and you had a winning team, do people feel as good about it, or do you believe experience trumps winning? <laughs>
2: Um, I would never go so far to say experience trumps winning. I think it goes hand in hand with winning. You know, I think you can, you can win. And if the experience isn't good, it is, you know, for you as a fan, for instance, then it's going to be suboptimal to what it could be. And you can have a great experience. And if you don't have, you know, entertaining play out there, then, that may not be nearly what you want. So I think you have to have all of them, really, and, and they play off of each other. And obviously, the ideal is to have a great experience with winning style of play, fast play, um, but things that, that really get people in. So I'd say you have to have both of them.
0: Bill McGuire is our guest. What does the All-Star Game mean to you in terms of opportunity? We know, know, obviously, an All-Star Game, we're watching it tonight in in, in baseball. It's it's a special time. You only get it every so often. But what do you try to do to take advantage of that?
2: Well, you know, I think the big thing is, well, at least part of it is to expose people, just expose people to the sport, expose people to the stadium, expose people to our community um you know all of those things will come out and there'll be a little bit of uh, a different uh, feeling or emotion evoked depending on who the individual is that's looking at it for for people around the country and you know around the world because they'll be looking from around the world watching it's a chance to show them the, the great city and uh, our twin cities and to show them this beautiful stadium and and show the quality of play um for people here, it's a chance to, you know, show off what we have, um, share it with people. Obviously, the All Star Game is going to feature some really fine competition. The the best players from Mexico, the Mexican leagues are going to be here from Liga MX, and you know that is a long standing, high quality league, and it's an important sport to those people. And so we should have some great competition. And even though it's a, you know, a sort of doesn't count in the standings kind of thing, it counts.
0: I Where, does players. Wonderwall get played if, if it's not your team, or is that sacred to the, the, only the? No,
2: I've never thought about
0: that. I, <laughs> I'm just giving you, again. I'm giving you some things to think about here.
2: Yeah, I, I think so. Um, that that that'll be one I'll have to check on. <laughs> know, the, MLS does a lot of control. For, oh um, yeah, like I guess this, all the All Star games are are uh, a little bit more the league and a little bit yeah. less the local team, yeah. the host. I mean, we're honored to uh, be hosting it and being able to show off the community and the stadium and our people. But uh, the the league will probably have a lot to say with all those things.
0: Well, Bill, great to talk to you. Have fun out there tomorrow night. And uh, and, and leading up to it, we'll talk to you again real soon. But appreciate your time great. tonight.
2: Well, thanks, Maxie. Have you, a good one. You've Bye-bye. got
0: Bill McGuire, owner of the Minnesota United. Uh, as they prepare, they got a game tomorrow night, but they, like I said, they got that all-star game coming up. And it's, uh, it's kind of cool. I, I, I talked to a guy who said, yeah, my son-in-law said, uh, let's go to the game. I got an extra ticket. And he says, uh, you know, gosh, I, you know, okay. Well, goodbye, you know, drag me with. I got nothing else to do, blah, blah, blah. And he said, I got there and I was like, whoa, this is not what I expected. And I think that's good news. Chris Tubbs gives some final thoughts on all of the above when we come back. Now, Tubbs, you were telling me you too had a little bit of that same effect where you went to a game last year for the
3: first time to watch United Allianz, and it struck you as a little bit more than you you anticipated, huh? Yeah, Uh, a friend of mine from Wisconsin is a big soccer fan, and he had buddies that had, you know, season tickets. He couldn't make it, so he's like, hey, I'm going to be in Minneapolis. You know, and I used to work with him in Sioux Falls, and I haven't seen him in years. I'm like, yeah, you know, let's go meet someplace, have a couple drinks, something to eat, we'll go to the game. So, I, I'm not – admittedly, I'm not a big soccer fan. I don't know a whole lot about it, full disclosure. But I went there. I'm like, well, I want You don't it. know soccer? No. Well, I know. you've come to the right place.
0: I, Maxie, <laughs> teach me about the beautiful game. Dane the backstop. No, I, 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 yeah. don't, I don't know. I, yeah. I always assume they're doing kind of like hockey or basketball. You try to get an advantage. You got two and they got one. But anyway, go ahead.
3: No, I, it's – it was just one of those that I didn't know – about it, But I knew that I wanted to go to Allianz. I knew that I wanted to go to this stadium that I'd seen, that I'd driven by, but I've never been inside. So I knew I wanted to do that. And by the way,
0: I don't know, again, if this was factored in, but there, yeah. there's something about that because it's on 94. So you see it. Oh, it's huge. And and that creates a curiosity because of its structure. I I don't know if that was intentional, but how many times did you drive by that thing before you did? And you go, I got
3: to go inside there sometime, right? The funny thing is when I first moved back to the cities in uh, 19, uh, I had to go to Vikings training camp in in Egan. Well, I was living in North Minneapolis at the time. So guess what? I had to go 94. Yeah. Cut over to 35. Cut over to 30. So I'd go by it. Yep. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, isn't it right across the highway from Concordia? Yeah. Concordia, St. Paul. So, so yeah, I I went by. I'm like, okay, I got to see this. So I went in and thankfully, my buddy's a big soccer fan. He was kind of, you know, teaching me all the nuances and stuff. But the fans were just really nice. And it's like, I fed off of their energy. I had no idea when to cheer or what to cheer for. But when there was a buzz, like I could tell. When there was a and you feel that energy, and to me, being a casual at best soccer fan, like, I en- I enjoyed it just because I was a part of something that I had never been a part of before, and and, and to me, that that was cool. That yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. They, they made you feel part of it, yeah. and, and maybe that's a secret sauce that, that everybody could learn from. Is that
0: If you feel like you're going to the game to be a part of it, it, it's a lot different than going to a game. Now, having said that, you've traveled this upper Midwest a little bit. and worked a lot of different places and the bit. south with Houston. Uh, aside from the major – I'm not talking about a major league event now, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you've seen a lot of minor leagues, Division Two, 1AA. What's the best atmosphere you ever saw at one of those events? Oh, boy. Uh, I'm thinking of one, and, I, and, I, and I'm wondering if it's going to be what you say. Okay, I I really like D3. I okay, just but, I, but but let me throw this out. Okay, okay, yeah,
3: yeah. Kind of specify. Maybe I'm. yeah.
0: What about the Fargo
3: Dome for the Bison football? Oh, Fargo Dome is is great. The Fargo Dome is a very. It's only like 19,000, and people go. Like, well, you need to expand. The right? Yeah, same size. Yeah, and the thing is people are like, well, you got to have, you know, you, you if you want to go to D1, you know, you got to you got to go and you you got to get a bigger state. It's like that 20,000, 19, 20,000 there, it works for that atmosphere. And you know, uh, but but it must be I've never seen a game there. I've oh, been to the stadium when it was empty. It must be incredibly loud when they want oh, to be it's, loud. Huh? it's incredibly loud. It's incredibly loud cuz 94 is when the Fargo Dome opened and that was my freshman year at North Dakota State. It's been there that long, huh? Yeah. Cause I think the first year that I no, right before I got there it was I want to say Memorial Stadium. And that's where we that, that old stadium's still there. Yeah. Yeah. You it's know? still right across from uh, Newman Outdoor Field because yeah. Newman Outdoor Field is just on the, the northern side of the North Dakota State yeah. campus. So so but but would you say when I bring that up, does that strike you as the best atmosphere you've seen? Non major league, so to speak. Yeah, I could, I could, I could say that. But I, I'm also, see, I'm also a little biased because being a grad, like I, I've got, you know, I've got green and gold colored glasses, not Packer color, but I mean, bison colors. I'm going to look at it completely different. Uh, I guess I was trying to think of something, you know, trying to be objective. But if I can throw objectivity out of it, yeah. and if I can be as biased as I want to be, oh, as bisonist, as bisonist. Yeah, bisonist, horns yeah. up. Hook 'em horns, yeah. Horns up. Okay, and so the second best would be what? Oh, I remember. Well, I, I mean, St. John's football. Or Saint, did you ever Saint, go to game? St. John's, St. Thomas football yep. game. Tommy, yeah. Tommy Johnny's in Collegeville. You, you can give me. You could have given me that seven days out of the week, and I'd yep. be, I'd be happy with it. Yep. Because I mean, I, I did Augsburg football for many, many years, so I got a chance to see. You yeah. know The college, I got a chance to see them. And you got a chance to see all the different schools. Oh yeah, but I mean, there's just something. I mean, you know, Maxie, that the Tommy Johnny rivalry is. Well, they played that one game at Allianz. That was incredible. Yes, yes. It's just it's it's on a different level, and I I loved it. Yeah. So that's my objective viewpoint. Anything, uh, Johnny's and Tommy's. Yeah, I I would
0: say that too, and that's almost. But I, I guess I was looking for more. The place that's the same every time, as opposed to the special game. But oh, okay. I didn't specify on that. We'll accept your answer this time, okay? This time, okay. okay. Hammer can talk about that all night. Yeah, all right. but he, but he won't have donuts. You dub, man. Yeah. No, it's the Seattle. No, I can't do that. Okay. Henry and Hammer are coming up next to talk about all kinds of interesting sports stuff on
3: WCCO. Okay. Picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.